Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear friends and dear brothers and sisters. Uh, we are studying together the Gospel of John, Besorat Yohanan, and we are looking into the last portion of John chapter 11, verses 41 to verse 57. Please turn in your Bible to this portion and please follow me as I'm reading this very important section. We read in verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Eliezer, Ura, Vatsea. And he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Miriam, and had seen the things which Yeshua did believe on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest, that year he prophesied that Yeshua should die for that nation. And not for the nation only, but also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together 
for to put him to death. Yeshua, therefore, walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh hand, at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Yeshua, and spake among themselves, as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. And this is the end of the reading for this ministry meeting, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends. This is the final passage here in John chapter 11. If you remember when we began the 11th chapter, the study of the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John, we mentioned the fact that in this 11th chapter, our blessed Lord, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is seeking to develop the trust in Him, the faith in God and faith in Him by those that were around Him. In the first 16 verses, He sought to develop the trust and the faith of the disciples in him. And then in verses 17 to 40, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, sought to develop the faith and the trust in him by Miriam and her sister Martha when Eliezer, Lazarus, their brother, died. And that's why Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, did not come immediately to Beit Onia, to Bethany, and he waited two days, and then he came after two days. And when we arrive to the third section of John chapter 11, verses 41 to verse 57, we see the third desire of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to develop the, the faith and trust in him by the Jewish community in Bethany and around, who came to comfort the Sisters of Lazarus who just died four days earlier. Well, we have seen already from verses 17 to verse 40 how the sisters of Eliezer believed on him. You remember, beloved friend, that both of them said to Yeshua, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. That's what Martha said. Later on in verse 32, Miriam said, Lord, if, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. They believed on him, yet the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, seek to develop their trust in God and the trust in him. You see, you and I also as Believers in the Lord Jesus, in the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, we also, though we believe and are forgiven and redeemed, yet 
in our walk with the Lord here in this world, how often time we do not simply have this childlike trust in God, childlike trust in Yeshua, Jesus our Messiah. And oftentimes we can say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so, beloved friend, dear brothers and sisters, it is so precious to see how the Lord Jesus the Messiah now seek to help develop the trust in Him by all the disciples, Miriam and Martha and the Jewish community, both of the surrounding villages and the city of Jerusalem, and also specifically here in Beit Onya, Bethany, where Eliezer was buried. And so you notice that we have concluded in the previous verses how the Lord said in verse 38, 39, and 40, Jesus therefore again he was groaning in himself. He came to the grave where Lazarus was, and it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And the Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, he said, take away the stone. And then Martha, the sister of Eliezer, that one that was sick and died, said unto him, Lord, by this time he also, he stinketh. In other words, there's so much order because he's already four days dead. He decayed by that time. And so Yeshua said unto her, Said I not unto thee, this is verse 40, that if thou should believe, thou should see the glory of God. So he challenged her. Didn't I already tell you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? My dear friend, how wonderful to see, on the one hand, the graciousness of the Lord towards a beloved one that he loved so much. He loved Martha, he loved Miriam, he loved Eliezer, he loved people on, of, of Betonia, he loved the people of Israel, he loved you, he loved me. And he wants us to believe on him and to trust him. Said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God? And so here where we enter into the portion that we have before us in John 11, from verse 41 to the end of the chapter. And here we see Yeshua is raising Lazar, Eliezer. It is interesting just to mention that the word Eliezer, Lazarus in the English, but in Hebrew, Eliezer comes from two Hebrew words. Eli means my God. Ezer means help. My God is my help. My help cometh from the Lord. That's the one that will help. He is the one that will help all those who trust in Him, even though at times He allows us to experience trials and tribulations in our life. And because we are living in a world that is filled with groanings because of sin... We are, even as redeemed and forgiven people, we are part of this world. That's why Shaul, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, for the whole creation groaning. And not only they, even we ourselves. And here is the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, 
came from heaven, the perfect one, God the Son, who became a man, the holy, harmless, undefiled, coming into this world. And you see that which brought upon this world the consequence of the sin nature that we all possess. And he himself noticed on behalf of mankind in verse 38, Yeshua, therefore again groaning in himself, comes to the grave. You think he would go there to a funeral service and be there without to do something about it? And here he came. He came to raise Eliezer. He came to the tomb and he teaches us the lesson that he have already mentioned to them, I am the resurrection and the life. Anihu I am the resurrection and the life. So notice, in verse 41, they took away the stone from the place. Do you think he needed them to help him with that? He could take the stone himself by saying, stone move. After all, all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made which was made. He is the creator, God the Son. But he delight in the participation of those that believe on him, in seeing and participating in the greatness of his person and in his grace that he provides for mankind. So they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. That dead is Eliezer. Eliezer was the one that was in that grave. And you notice, I think this is some of the most beautiful verses in the Bible when we find that Yeshua is praying. You see, verse 41b, And Yeshua lifted up his eyes, and he said, you notice that his eyes are open, he's looking up to heaven. Many times we find lifting up his hands, lifting up his eyes, and he is looking towards the heaven and notice what he said, Abba, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. Again, beloved brothers and sisters. You see, the whole Gospel of Yohanan was written for the express purpose that men might believe that he was the eternal Son of God who was sent by God the Father. We read in John 20, verse 30 and 31, And many other signs truly did Yeshua in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Yeshua is the Mashiach, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So he's lifting up his eyes. He's looking towards heaven, speaking to his Abba, to his Father, and saying, Look, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, 
that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Here Yeshua the Messiah is praying. He is praying. What a lesson it is for us to pray, to communicate with God for every situation in our lives. When there is a need in our life, how much we can learn from our Lord Yeshua the Messiah who prayed. When he fed the multitude in the Galil, in the land of Israel. In John 6, 11, Jesus took the loaves. And when he has given thanks, he gave thanks. Here we find him, I thank thee, Abba, I thank thee, Father. He gave thanks at all time to his God and his Father. What a lesson to learn from our blessed Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 we read, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Abba, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. He is praying constantly, beloved brothers and sisters. Yeshua, the Messiah, is finding himself praying. What an example he become for us who believe on him today. You remember in John chapter 17, those verses we all know, which we will continue in our, as we study the Gospel of John, we will go through these verses. Verse 1 says, These words spake Jesus. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Abba, the hour is come, glorify thou thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. Wonderful to see Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, constantly is finding himself praying for every situation on behalf of his people, on behalf of this world, on behalf of you and I. Just one more verse that I would like to mention. Even in the garden of Gatshmanim, Gatsemani. Gat means a, an olive press. Shmanim is an oil. The garden where the oil is being pressed. It is the garden of Gatshmanim where he was pressed in anticipation of his death for the redemption of mankind, Yeshua said to the Father in prayer, Father, Luke 22, verse 42, If thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. When he was anticipating his death on that Roman cross, he knew that he will be judged by a holy and a righteous God and he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, Gatshmanim, Abba, if thou be willing, remove this cup of God's righteous indignation against sin to remove it from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And sure enough, dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, here now, we find Yeshua praying. And he lifted up his eyes and he said, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And so we read in the next verse, verse 43, the 
words that the Lord Jesus the Messiah calling for Eliezer's resurrection. And we read in verse 43, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! Eliezer, Ura Vetzeah in Hebrew. Notice he used the name Eliezer. If he had not used the name Eliezer and he would just say, come forth, everyone would have come forth. And why? Because of who he is. He have already said, I am the resurrection and the life in John eleven twenty five. Here he's specifically calling one single man by the name of Lazarus, Eliezer in Hebrew. And he calling specifically to him and he said to him, Eliezer, come forth. And you notice that we read in verse 44, And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus says unto them, Loose him and let him go. Amazing. When you really see here what happened when the Lord called this man by the name of Lazarus to come forth to remind you that he was calling someone who was dead. He was calling someone who was decayed by now after four days. His body was decayed. He was calling one and raising him physically from death. I'm reading this verse again, verse 43. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead. Look how clearly the scripture is clearly telling us. He that was dead came forth. He that was dead came forth. Now that teaches us an amazing lesson, my dear brothers and sisters. There are many, many spiritual lessons that we can learn from these uh, passages here, especially from John 11, the resurrection of Lazarus. He that was dead came forth. Now I want to make for a moment an application before we're going to move uh, along here in this passage to remind you that the Lord Jesus said of himself in John 5 and verse 28 and 29, he said, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. In other words, the Lord Jesus the Messiah is the one that is the one who is the resurrection and the life. In the same John 5 and verse 24 we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but pass from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live, for as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment, also because he is the Son of Man. So notice what we find out, that when he gave the word, Eliezer come forth, Eliezer, who was dead, came forth. Imagine, who has the power to give life to one that his body is in the grave? He, notice that, he that was dead came forth. He's teaching us tremendous lessons. To remind you, my dear friends, that the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, who is God the Son, he has authority over everything. He has authority over the dead. He has authority over all. He can speak a word. And one that was dead could receive life. Now, we learn from this another lesson. And I believe the spiritual lesson is very important for us to understand. You see, even though you and I today are physically still alive we haven't passed away the very fact that i am still sharing the word of god and you are listening and hearing that message prove that physically you and i are still alive physically but to remind you that we are all by nature were born in sin we have inherited the sin nature of adam and eve and this sin nature is dead in trespasses and sin. This sin nature that we have simply means that we, by nature, are spiritually dead. So God wants to restore us to himself and to give us new life, spiritual life. And so Ephesians, Paul reminded the Ephesians in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2, he said to them, You has he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, remember, you were dead. Verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, Ephesians 2, 5, He has quickened us, raised us, this is spiritually, together with the Messiah, by grace are ye saved. Again and again, the apostle remind the believers, you and I, that we by nature are dead in trespasses and sins. We are spiritually dead. And that's why when we believe on the Lord Jesus the Messiah, we receive, we have been raised, spiritually speaking, and become alive, restored to God. And we have spiritual life now as believers. Eliezer believed in the Lord Jesus the Messiah and he was alive spiritually as a child of God. But still his body, because of sickness and because of sin, had returned to the ground from which God had created the body of the human race. And so now Eliezer was resurrected physically. And that body was reunited to his spirit and his soul. And Eliezer would be 
now restored to where he was before. But because it is appointed unto men once to die, ultimately everyone will die physically, awaiting the day of the final resurrection in the latter days. And so notice that. And I'm back to the Gospel of John and our chapter that is before us in John chapter 11. Beautiful a passage that we have before us that when Yeshua cried with a loud voice, Eliezer, come forth! Eliezer, come forth! And sure we read in verse 44, And he that was dead. Notice that? He that was dead. In other words, he that was physically dead. He came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. This teaching us, beloved friend, how one, because of the sin nature that we all have, Eliezer, just like you and I, and us, just like Eliezer, just like Lazarus, this grave clothes represent the fact that the natural man, the physical man, because of our sin nature, we will die. As the Lord says, dying you shall die. He said this to Adam in Genesis chapter 3, because you have done that, you shall die. The body will return to the ground, to, to the dust. But here we see the, the Lord of life, the resurrection and the life, Yeshua HaMashiach, He raised Eliezer from the dead, and He came forth. Yet he was bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. These are amazing lessons that we can learn here from these the spiritual lessons. You see, even though you and I are believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, but because we are still in sin here in this world, we still have a sin nature. We have the nature that cannot sin. This is the divine nature because we have accepted the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. But we have the old nature, the Adamic nature that is still sinful. And that's represented here by the grave clothes. And as we live here on earth, we need to have this loosening up from these grave clothes. That's why the Apostle Paul teaching us these amazing spiritual lessons that he teaches in the letters that he wrote to the various assemblies in Asia Minor, where he wrote, for example, to the Colossians, he says, in chapter 3, If ye then be risen with the Messiah, with Christ, seek those things which are above with Christ sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things here on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with the Messiah in God. Colossians 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. You see, what a spiritual lesson we learn here from the physical resurrection of Eliezer. We learn spiritual lessons. So he said to those Jewish individuals surrounding the family, surrounding the gravesite, visiting the family to comfort them, he's saying to them, Loose him and let him go. You see, if Eliezer 
will be able to continue to go. He had to be loose out of his napkins and all that which the grave clothes which he had upon him. And uh, he asked the Lord Jesus, Yeshua asked them to loose him and to let him go. This is so amazing. The miracle of the miracle happened there in Beit Onya. Everyone could observe what was going on. Here is this man, Yeshua from Nazareth, claiming to be equal with God. As he said in chapter 10, I and my father are one. He is the co-equal one with the Father and the Spirit and the Ruach. And here he is giving one word, Eliezer, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And then he asked the community to loose him and let him go. Imagine, no wonder, the importance of the resurrection of course to remind you that Lazarus later on died that was only a temporary resurrection that would verify the fact that Yeshua is indeed the Messiah because he said of himself I am the bread of life and he filled the multitude with bread he says, I am the light of the world. He gave light to many who trusted in him. The blind man received his sight. He says, I am the good shepherd. And he shepherded the sheep. He cared for the flock. He cared for those that belonged to him. That's why he said, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the door. And he opened the door to those who needed deliverance. And here he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he raised the dead. The blind men see and the lame men walk in Yeshua's name. The dead are raised. Captives are set free. It is in Yeshua, in Jesus' name. He is the Mashiach. He is the anointed one. He is the one that have all authority had been given unto him. And so... He said to them, loose him and let him go. And you notice what we read? Beautiful in the next verse. Then many of the Jews, again, Yehudim, to remind you once again, that over 70, 71 times the name Yehudim, Jews, is mentioned in the Gospel of John, more than any other Gospel. And why? Because most of the time the reference has to do with the Jewish leaders. And you can see that oftentimes with the conflict that he had with the Jewish leaders, some of them also came to believe on him, like one of the Jewish leaders who was Nicodemus. So many believe on him. But you see, he wanted them to believe on him not only because of the miracles. He knows the hearts. So while verse 45 we read, Many of the Jews which came to Miriam and had seen the things which Jesus did believe on him. Again, the Lord Jesus knows the hearts. He knows who believes on him only because of miracles? 
And he also know who believed on him because they understood that he was the one that promised Messiah. He was the one that Isaiah spoke about, the fact that he would come in the fullness of the time to pay for the sin of the nation of Israel and all the nations of the world. So it is important not only to believe on him because of the miracle, but to believe in him because of who he is. Is he the Messiah? Is he whom he claimed to be? Not only because of miracles. Wonderful to have such a miracle of raising the dead. What would you do if you had a family member that had passed away and Yeshua the Messiah would have been there to come and say to your family member, come forth. And you and others will see the man that was already dead for four days or the woman that was already dead for four days coming forth in resurrection, you would be at all. That's exactly what happened. But to understand and to grasp that he's much more than a miracle man, that he's God, that he's the Son of God, that he's the Mashiach, that he's the Anointed One. And that's what Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, wants from all of us. To remind you that in the second chapter of the Gospel of John, which we have already covered, we read that he made miracles there as well. In Cana of Galilee, he turned the water into wine. And then in the temple, he has done many, many miracles. So we read that many in the Feast of Passover in the city of Jerusalem, at John 2, verse 23, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he ha have done, which he did. But Yeshua did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needeth not that they should testify of men, for he knew what was in men. And you know, beloved friend, dear brothers and sisters, he knows your heart, he knows my heart. It is amazing to see miracles that he has done. Water change into wine? Five loaves and two fishes change into multitude of baskets and bushels of bread and fish? A blind man can receive sight and coming seeing? A man that could not walk now can walk? It's a miracle. Who would not want to see something like that happen? But to believe on him because only that he is a miracle man will never bring us into receiving forgiveness of sins. And that's the reason why Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, came to this world to pay for our sins and to show the evidence that he was indeed the Holy One, the undefiled One, the separate from sinners One, the One that was sinless, the Mashiach Himself. And that's what He wants all to recognize. And I hope today that every one of us that listened to this message can say in our own hearts, yes, Yeshua made many, many miracles for which we are very thankful, but the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. When a sinner that deserved to be punished turned to God and being loosed 
spiritually and being able to continue on to go for the Lord spiritually. Lose him and let him go. And while for Eliezer it was physically because he was already a child of God, he believed on the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. But here for us today the lesson is the spiritual lesson. We need to be loosed from our spiritual deadness. And we need to be awakened spiritually. And we can only receive that spiritual resurrection is when we have trusted in the Lord Jesus the Messiah as our Lord and our Savior, the true Redeemer of Israel who came to redeem this world from sin. And so we read in the next verses, after they have loosed him and let him go, many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believe on him and because the Lord knows their heart he knows which of them believed only because of the miracles and he also knows those that believe on him because of who he is the resurrection and the life the eternal son of God and to be like Martha and Mary who said Miriam said to him, Lord, I believe that thou art the Mashiach, the Son of God. This is verse 27 of our chapter of John, uh, chapter 11. Now let's continue and see what's happening here now. You see, when that happened, and many believe on him, according to verse 45 of John 11, some of them, verse 46, went to the Pharisees, to the Purushim, the scribes and the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders of Israel, and they told them the things that Yeshua have done. Well, what would you do if you see a man that was dead raised? You would be at awe. How is it possible? And you will share it with everyone. You know what I've seen today? Eliezer was for four days dead. And I've seen him with my own eyes. And I've heard the words of Yeshua, who says, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. You would be at awe. I would be at awe. So they told everyone. They went even, they told it to the leaders of Israel, to the, the Pharisees. And now you would think that they would accept him. But my dear friend, I want you to understand that it was already foretold 700, 750 years before the Messiah came by the prophet Isaiah, who said, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord had been revealed? And the fact that the Messiah will be rejected and despised, it was already foretold by Isaiah verse 3 of Isaiah 53. Three, he is despised and rejected of men. Now, he was rejected 2,000 years ago by our people of Israel, and he is still rejected today by the nations of the world. He is still despised and rejected today by the whole world. 
And it is a group that he have saved, believers, true, sincere believers, that he opened our eyes, that we have accepted him, but he is still today despised and rejected by the human race in this world. As Isaiah said, he was in the world and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. We live now for these some 2,000 years of man's rejection of the Messiahship of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. How sad, how sad, and God desire for men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth and recognize that he, she, all of us have sinned before God and we need forgiveness of sin. That's the reason why the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, came to this world. And so, sadly, the religious leaders, we read in verse 47 and 48, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. What shall we do? What do we? They said among themselves in the council. They noticed that the Lord Yeshua made many miracles. They notice that if all men will see what he does, and if they will let him continue on, that all men will believe on him. And they also understood that the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. In other words, they wanted to have a place and a nation, but my dear friend, they did not understand that the only way for Israel to be as a nation is under God, because God set it in this way. God has chosen Israel to be a nation under Him. God has promised that He will bring the Messiah in order to pay for the sin of this world, of the nation of Israel and of the nations of the world. This world belongs to God. And there will never be a blessing in this world until men will turn to God. There is no other solution for the sin problem here in this world. What shall we do, they said. For this man does so many miracles. If we will let him alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and also our nation. And you know, no one can take away the nation of Israel from the plan and program of God because God designed it for Israel to be his nation, the chosen people. But Israel need to repent and turn to him and accept the Messiah. For us today as believers in the Lord Jesus, the body of Christ, the body of Messiah belong to the Messiah, to Christ. No one will be able to destroy the the church, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the assembly, the ecclesia, but the ecclesia must turn to the Lord. The called out ones must to turn to Him and, and live for Him. What a lesson to learn from all these portions. 
And so now notice, my dear brothers and sisters, we read in these verses that the Romans will come and take away our place and will take away our nation. Well, indeed, my dear friends, what happened later on in 70 AD, the Romans did take the place, namely the temple in the city of Jerusalem. 70 AD, the temple was burned with fire by the Romans. And indeed, the Romans killed over a million Jewish people in 70 AD. The destruction of the city of Jerusalem. Indeed, it happened because Israel should have accepted Yeshua, the Messiah. And indeed, in a sense, we learn here that that was realized a bit later on when the Romans truly, in opposition to the Jewish people and opposition to God, have done this terrible thing to our nation. They destroyed the temple in Jerusalem, not left one stone upon another as it was predicted by the Lord, the Messiah Yeshua, and they have carried the Jewish people away and also killed so many in those days. So now we find out in the next verses, 49, 50, 51, and 52, we find out that one of them in that council by the name of Caiaphas, he was the high priest. And you notice that we find out that here he said, he was being the high priest, said unto them, ye know nothing at all. Imagine, now the council count gathered together there, and here we find out that they already realize that something is going to happen. So Caiaphas, he was the one that was set by the Romans. He was not really truly the high priest that should have been there. And we find out that he said these words. He said, Do you know nothing at all? Verse 50, he continued, and he said, No, consider that it is expedience for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. In other words, you see, it is interesting that sometimes the Lord used those who are not even in the right place. And he is using them to speak something on his behalf, even though they are not the ones that follow him at all. To remind you that the Lord used in past days, the Lord used others to speak for him, even though they were not his own servant. To remind you, my dear brothers and sisters, that Bilam was speaking, and yet Bilam was not a servant of God. And yet God used Bilam to prophesy, to give those parables that are found in the book of Numbers. Numbers 23. And he took up a parable, verse 7, 
and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and, and come, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? We read in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 8. Bilam was one that prophesied, yet he was not a servant of the Lord. So in other words, what we find out, that he, Kayafa, spoke the word of the Lord, yet he himself was opposing the Messiah himself. And so we learn, listen to this, very interesting. He was saying, he says, you do not know anything at all, he says in verse 49, nor consider that it is expedient, notice, for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. You see, he was really speaking exactly what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 by the word of the Lord in verse 8. You remember what Isaiah said in verse 8? He was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation for, listen to this, he was cut off out of the land of the living. This is speaking about the Mashiach. And then at the end of verse 8 of Isaiah 53, for the transgression of my people, Isaiah's people, namely Israel, the nation, was he stricken. So when Caiaphas was saying what he was saying, he noticed clearly the scripture tells us, he said, this he spake, verse 51, not of himself, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua should die for that nation, that nation, namely the nation of Israel. And indeed, Yeshua died for the nation of Israel, but he died beyond the nation of Israel. He died for the whole world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The words of Caiaphas, the high priest, was given there. He was appointed by the Romans. And actually he was the one that appointed by the Romans at about 18 A.D. to 36 A.D. And he was the one that spoke what he said. And he was not the proper high priest by the name of Hanan, Anas, who was the high priest from about 6 AD to 15 AD. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. But the Romans appointed Caiaphas to be the high priest who should not have been there and he was the one that pronounced these words, and he did not speak of himself, but he uttered divine prophecy that Yeshua would die on behalf of the whole nation of Israel. And notice now, it doesn't stop there, because the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, did not die only for the nation of Israel, because immediately we read in the next verse, and not for that nation only, Verse 52 of John chapter 11 said, And not for that nation only, but that 
also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. In other words, beloved friends and dear brothers and sisters, this is exactly what the Lord Jesus the Messiah came for, that he will die for the whole world and gather together those whom he sought to bring to himself, all that were scattered abroad, the children of God, to bring them into becoming into one redeemed people who will be belong uh, to him. In Psalm uh, 22 and verse uh, 27 we read, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindred of the nation shall worship before thee. That is the object, that is the desire of God, that all the world, that all the kindreds of nations will come to Him and be part of the redeemed company. And the question is, my dear friend, are you a part of those that are redeemed by the Lord? In fact, in a previous chapter, John chapter 10, in verse 16, Yeshua said, not only that He laid down the, uh, His life for the sheep, which are part of the fold, namely Israel. But we read in verse 16, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, are not from Israel. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Everyone who is a believer in the Lord Jesus the Messiah is part of this flock. A moving company, redeemed company that heading to be with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah in, in glory, in heaven. And so that's wonderful that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah came to give his life a ransom for many and both Kayafa by the word of the Lord, even though he was not the one whom the Lord appointed, he said, not of himself, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. And so, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, as we draw towards the end of this chapter, from verse 53 on to verse 57, we see the Pharisees to counsel how they might put him to death. And so notice then, it says in verse 53, Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. But Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went uh, uh, thence unto a country, as we read here, and near to the wilderness. So notice that instead of accepting him, the Pharisees, the high priests, and those that the spiritual leaders of the day, they sought how to put him to death. He will die, but he will die willingly. He will lay down his life. And that's why, because God's works work out his own plan, it was not still the time for the Lord to die, he will die eventually. He will give himself a ransom for many. But they sought him. They couldn't take him. 
And yet God is working out his own plan in his own time. In chapter 2 of the book of Acts, we read in verse 23, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Yeshua from Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. Ye yourself also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hand have crucified and slain whom God has raised, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Notice what we read, the two aspects. He delivered, he was delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. This is on the one hand. And then he have taken and by wicked hand have crucified him and slain. You see the two aspects. God's plan and man's plan. God's plan in his time to give his life, the Messiah's life for mankind, and yet man is turning against the Lord, but in the timing that God has set, the Messiah will give himself. If you, uh, if you notice a little bit uh, later on in Acts chapter 4, we read, when the uh, disciples were praying, lifting up their voice to God with one accord, and they prayed to the Lord, and it says in verse 27 of Acts chapter 4, Of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both, notice, Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do, now notice, they gathered together to do their own plan, but notice what we read, to gather together for to do whatsoever thy hand had and thy counsel, and thy counsel determined before to be done. In other words, on the one hand, men by wicked hand want to touch him and kill him. On the other hand, God in his wisdom had delivered the Lord Jesus the Messiah. In his counsel, in his wisdom, in his foreknowledge, he had a plan that the Messiah will come and give his life a ransom for many. And so even though they sought him, they couldn't take him now. Jesus walked no more openly there among them. He was there now in the wilderness. And to a country that is near to the wilderness, he went there. And we find out in the last uh, uh, verses, he was there in a city called Ephraim. And there he continued with his disciples. And as time passed by, verse 55, verse 56, and verse 57, the time of Passover would come by soon. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand. And many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Yeshua, and they spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye that he will not come to the feast? This is Pesach. All the Jewish people come from all over the nations of the world. They are sending representative to gather together there and to celebrate the feast of the deliverance of God from the, uh, from the bondage of the Egyptian bondage. And here we find out that we are drawing nigh to the time where Yeshua will become the Passover.
over lamb. And so they sought for him in the city of Yerushalayim, in the temple, during the feast of Pesach, the feast of Passover. And so we read in verse 57, this is the last verse of John 11, the uh, command by the priest to find him, so they will be able to take him away. But my dear friend, Yeshua gave himself in his time as he was living his life here exactly in accordance with the plan and the program that God have set before him. So the last verse of John 11, verse 57, Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show it that they might take him. And if you remember a little bit later on in John chapter 18, when Jesus has spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book of Kidron to the garden that is called really, in Hebrew it's called Gatshmanim. In verse 2 of John 18, and Judas also, which betray him, knew the place where Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons, and then he led them to come and take Yeshua the Messiah. And my dear friend, we know very well that no one, no one takes away his life, but he laid this down of himself. Just to remind you, we read in John chapter 10. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Wonderful. He continued and he said in verse 15, as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And he continued and he said in verse 18, No man has taken it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. How wonderful to see the Lord Yeshua, our Messiah, who came in order to give his life a ransom for many. And in this 11th chapter, indeed, he developed the trust in him. First of all, the trust in him by his disciples. Secondly, the trust in him by Miriam and Martha, and thirdly, the trust in him by the Jewish people who came to comfort the family, and many believe on him, but only for those who believe on him as the Messiah, and not only upon his miracles, those are the ones that he redeemed, and he brought them to himself, and they become those who will be blessed for time and for eternity. And so, my dear friend, do you believe on the Lord Jesus? Did you accept Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you recognized that He gave His life for you? 
Have you turned your heart to Him and said, Lord God, be merciful to me, a sinner? I encourage you to do so, because there is no other way to receive forgiveness of sins, only through the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. May the Lord bless his word and encourage us all as we follow our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And so I'm saying to you all, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.